Y'all are so good drinking tea. I was like, um, I feel like celebrating today. So I have a Topo Chico and I have a glass of wine. That's fine. You should. Do you want some fun news? Hi, Luno. Aww, hi, Luno Matt. came to say hi on the podcast. Yes, yeah, so my the big fun dead news? dogs just got sent to bed. They're not happy. Um, do you want some fun news? I do, yes. I do. Terry doesn't know this news yet. So what's fun is when she listens back to this, she's going to be like, so rude that you're recording this and I don't even know but she'll know by the time this episode airs um so do you remember when we did the North Dakota episode and I was talking about um like the the university there and how it had a partnership with like the indigenous tribes and all that stuff Uh so this afternoon like about half an hour before I left for the day I got an email from the University of North Dakota and I got accepted to the PhD program Yay! So I got into my first choice school. Yeah, I'm super excited. Congratulations! Amazing! I'm so 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 excited, and I've got the coolest idea for some dissertation research, which I will tell you all about offline. Because by the time I get to that, like, I don't want that going out recorded. It's like way, way off base. And I am not trying to take over your episode. I'm just making small talk, but I definitely like had to share that with you guys. That is amazing. So it was a good day. Holy crap. Good deal. (laughs) So if the internet will work, we will be all good. That's right. Yeah, no joke. I I feel like I should have a glass of wine for that. I think you should. Yeah. Too bad I don't have any open. Sad day. Well, that's why they invented bottle openers. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink the whole bottle by yourself. No, I mean, you know, stretch that over at least two days. Don't be absurd. Right. Don't be absurd. Should we do uh, Washington? We should. We should. Because I like Washington. Have you been? Amanda's been, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've I've never been there. So what do y'all know about Washington? Any idea what the lore might be? Um, I have only been to Seattle. And Seattle has tons of, tons and tons and tons of great ghost stories. Now, whether... They're urban legendy or not. I don't know. I know there's the underground city in Seattle, which is pretty awesome. There are a lot of indigenous tribes up in just kind of that whole Pacific Northwest region. But I I don't know that I know any specific urban legends. Matt, do you have a guess? Yeah, no, I don't know. One of the creepiest places I've ever been is a ghost tour on the underground city in Seattle. It was so creepy. It wasn't creepy. What? Oh, it was, so it was creepy to me. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I loved about. it. Well, it's but not I don't that. know anything. <laughs> What's that? It's not that. It's not a ghost story from Seattle. But okay, so when I started the research for this, y'all know I I know I must have texted it like seventeen times that I recently re-listened to all of King Falls because I was just missing the characters Mm -hmm. and wanted a refresher on everything. 
And mm -hmm. so I was listening one day and decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to at least get started on my research as in like, I'm going to find the topic, at least nail down a topic. And right. um, so I was listening to King Falls and like searching for the topic. I hadn't gotten deep into the research, obviously, but I was searching for what I was going to research. And I happened to be listening to the episode of King Falls where Herschel and Cecil encounter Big John in the forest. And as I'm listening yes. to this episode, I'm searching. Yeah. And I'm searching for like the most common urban legend in Washington. And what kept coming up over and over was Bigfoot. So nice. I thought it was funny because I was listening to Big John, which is obviously a pretty close tie. But Bigfoot is not only has not only been seen in Washington, but of all of the the sightings, um, Washington has the highest concentration of Bigfoot sightings that have been reported. Somewhere around really? 695 reports of seeing or hearing or something along the lines of Bigfoot. So that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> okay. I, I have a clarifying question before you start the story. For the listeners... Yes clarification and also uh -huh. for Tammy because it's the most I've ever heard Tammy spontaneously laugh what is the difference between Bigfoot and a skunk ape <laughs> we'll get into it <laughs> a little, just a little bit so I think I might sound, oh save my that God. clip of you like hysterically laughing and put that as like your ringtone, even though I haven't had anyone actually like call with a ringtone in like seven years because I keep my phone on silent. I would make an exception for you. Uh-huh. So it can be that noise and it'll pop up as little Baldwin Cooper. That's great. That's exactly right. <laughs> and it, it makes me laugh every single time that I get a text from you. So don't take my joy. <laughs> okay. So Bigfoot, who is also sometimes known as Sasquatch is said to be a gigantic, muscular, bi bipedal, ape-like creature who is covered in either sometimes reported in black fur, sometimes dark brown, or sometimes like a dark reddish um, fur. And he stalks through the woods, occasionally scaring campers, hikers, or lumberjacks who catch a glimpse of him. Sorry. <laughs> Specifically. Because we're in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest. lumberjacks today. I know. <laughs> um, so most accounts state that he's somewhere between six to nine feet tall, but there are some who have described him as being as large as 10 to 15 feet tall, which is very large. <laughs> that is a very large creature. Very tall man. Or correct. Well, man. It could be. You never know. No, you don't. I am, I am using he, but I guess we haven't clarified. No, we didn't ask for their pronoun. <laughs> Some reports describe him to be more on the human-like side of things with a human-like face. Um, and some describe him more as just being a tall ape. So common descriptions also include broad shoulders, no visible neck, and long arms. Um, and some people say that this could be a likely misidentification of a bear. <laughs> okay, that's a little hard to mix up. I feel like you might know the difference between a bear and a giant man-like walking thing, but hey, whatever. I mean, the arms alone, right? <laughs> and no neck thing is throwing me off. I know. I was like, right? 
But if you think about like pictures that you've seen, it's usually like a head that's just kind of like sitting on shoulders. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, no. I guess. <laughs> Some have even dis- uh, claimed that he ha- that his eyes shine or glow yellow or red at night. Um, oh, like that. The footprints that like pretty much inspired his name are claimed to be as large as 24 inches or 610 millimeters long. And eight inches or two hundred millimeters wide. Oh, some of the, some of the footprints. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> some of the footprints have also contained claw marks, which leads skeptics to believe that they were more likely left by a bear. So here again, we're talking about a bear. But I have never seen a bear that has joke. that large of a foot before. Then again, I don't no leave any joke. <laughs> so we'll see. I have seen a bear claw print one time in my life and i don't y'all don't care but it was really cool it was so cool was it 24 inches long it was not it it (laughs) certainly was not i'm certain it was a bear and not bigfoot where did you see that i saw a bear print uh outside of boulder what if i saw a bear print i would immediately assume that this is how i die because I don't want to be oh, in yeah. a wilderness where there are bears. That They don't appreciate good food there. <laughs> My makeup would probably run. This is how I die. Yeah. This is this is how I die. Mm-hmm. Not never, a, a bear. Yeah. yeah. I've never yeah, imagined you and a bear in the same space. Yeah, I can't think <laughs> of many scenarios where we're in the same space at the same time. No. Yeah. So... Bigfoot, some say, is a ferocious beast who will attack you, and others Ooh. describe him as a gentle giant who wants to be left alone. Wow. Uh, either way, for all the times that he has been rumored to be sighted, he always evades capture. So, never actually caught a Bigfoot. And then I'm going to, this is kind of going to go back and forth. So, it's like an overall description and then kind of going into more detail. But also, sometimes I saw. Bigfoot referred to as if he was a single creature, but most of the time it seems to be a species. So, mm-hmm. like when I'm saying Bigfoot, it's not actually just like one Bigfoot. It's the collective Big Bigfoot. It's Big feet. It's, it's right. Big some, uh, there are some cultures who believe that Bigfoot appears in times of danger, and some even refer to him as a hairy apparition and think of him as a messenger of warning. Not a hairy people. apparition. Yeah, he's message. warning people to change their ways. <laughs> oh my god. He shows up to tell you to get your life creature. together, basically. If a big hairy creature <laughs> rolls up... To convince me to change my ways. Like, the only changing I'm doing is driving myself to a very safe institutional space where I can be checked out. Because, like, that is terrifying. I would immediately assume that I fabricated that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's changing your ways. If you're in in need of mental health um, support, then there you go. (laughs) What's the song that's like... (laughs) Michael Jackson. (laughs) The man in the mirror, he's asking me to change his ways. That was in the back of my head, but I couldn't place it while you were saying that. <laughs> oh my god. Terrence hates us right now. Terrence has walked out. Yeah, for sure. Well, he did earlier after he brought me tea. That's right. Where he was Jeez. like, I want no part of this. 
cheese and yeah. tea. Yeah, bye. No. <laughs> All right, like, so like Kermit the Frog sipping your tea right there. <laughs> okay, so another popular theory is that Bigfoot is a descendant of gigant Gigantopithecus. Hold on, let me try that again. Gigantopithecus. Which is a species oh, of giant ape that lived in that lived in Asia up until a hundred thousand years ago and uh traversed the land bridge across the Bering Strait around the same time as the first humans. So But that's for real, right? That's like a real species. Yes, correct. But the theory is that he is a descendant of this species that would have like back when land was mm-hmm. all one would have come across <clears throat> and that's how he ended up here in washington okay yeah that makes i All mean right. that makes as much sense as anything honestly it really does yeah hairy apparition or like you know evolution one way or the other pick your poison Not okay. a hairy, oh there's a hairy apparition right here look at that hi <laughs> <I> luno <laughs> sorry gonna be confusing for our listeners who can't see you that is confusing for our listeners. Amanda's cat this just popped up in the them. video. They're all over <laughs> uh, Okay, so here's some history. It seems like as long as there has been recorded history, there have been tales of Bigfoot. So he's often cited in mountainous regions and his story is told by many different cultures. So he goes by many different names. Um, like I said earlier, the most common name, the most common other name besides Bigfoot is Sasquatch, which seems to have come from the Salish language of the Salish peoples, um, which I think I gathered is like an indigenous population around the Pacific coast. It's like a coastal group. Um, some resources liken Sasquatch to other legends such as Wendigo or Rugaro, but mm-hmm. I have found that those are both darker stories and not necessarily specific to the state or lining up with Bigfoot. So I didn't go down that trail, mm-hmm. um, especially because I've always heard, especially of Wendigo as being like a completely different creature. So I'm not sure how that overlaps, but we won't go that far. Um, he's also sometimes referred to as being synonymous with the Yeti. And mm-hmm. that may be because of the theory that he descended, uh, that he came over from Asia or it was a descendant right. of who came over from Asia. So that, that kind of connected that for me. Um, yeah. The Yeti is more like Arctic, right? Like super, super hairy, almost like, like a blonder or yellow or a white color. Or maybe I'm I getting think so. When I've seen monster. <laughs> yeah. The, um, what is the name? The Bumble and the Abominable Snowman. Abominable Snowman. That's exactly what I was thinking of. (laughs) Yeah, every time I've seen Yeti depicted specifically, I think it's been white hair Uh fur. Um, But I think that that's it's just kind of what I found in the research is that sometimes they overlap or they might be separate. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Uh, So many indigenous cultures in North America have, have had tales of mysterious creatures living in the forest long before we came to know this particular cryptid as Bigfoot. Um, some of the stories likely contributed to the legend and the lore of this creature. Uh, each language has its own name for the Bigfoot creature of their local legends. And in addition to Bigfoot and Sasquatch, he's been referred to as other names that mean things along the lines of wild man or hairy man. So like various uh, languages describing those things. Okay. Um, 
members of the Lumi Nation, which is another one of the coastal Salish peoples um, of the region of that part of the U.S. Or, or in Washington, tell tales about, let me see if I can say this right. I looked up the pronunciation, but again, sorry if I get it wrong. Tiza, Tiza Mequis, I think is how it's actually spelled T-S apostrophe E-M-E-K-W-E-S. And I think it's pronounced Tiza Mequis. Um, and I believe that I gathered that, that to be their name for Sasquatch. Okay. So that confused me a little bit because I know that I read that Sasquatch, the name Sasquatch came from that, from a similar language, but I think it could also just be that different, um, different people have had different names as well. And it may just be, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how that breaks down, but that was another name that came up or another legend that was t tied to Bigfoot. Um, and within that different families had various accounts of the creature especially concerning diet and activities, but a lot of the accounts were similar. So some regional versions tell of a more nocturnal creature that children are warned against even saying the name of. Um, it's one of those like, yeah, one of those like stories of warning for kids. So like they're warned to not say his name so that this, that because he's seen as a monster there and so that the monster would not come and carry them away to be killed. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like one of those like, that we've seen before, like stay away from the water or, you know, just kind of like a cautionary thing. Um, and a couple of other names that I found for this version, like in the area, like regional names seem to be uh, Stiaha or Kwikwiai. So I don't know, again, I apologize if I pronounce any of that wrong. I don't know if those were just all different names, different dialects from different um, people around the region or how like, language has evolved I didn't get a clear but those are all things that are referred to as what we know today as Bigfoot um apparently the Iroquois also have a legend of an aggressive hairy giant with rock hard skin known as Atneyarhe uh -huh. or which means the stone giant so that was kind of like similar but seems to be a little bit different because I didn't read that that this creature had hair or anything like that but rock hard skin yeah i know no thank you mm -mm. um so kind of like i said before sasquatch or bigfoot has been sighted in other places outside of washington it's just that that is where the most sightings took place uh there are petroglyphs on the tool tool i don't know if it's tool or tule river indian tule river indian reservation in california uh, at a, that's very close. I mean, it's kind of like just in the same area. Um, but there's a site called Painted Rock mm -hmm. uh, that are thought to, to... Do you know what that is? Have you heard of it? I've heard of it, but mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, I've only, I only recognize the name. <clears throat> okay. Well, there are petroglyphs there that are thought by some to depict a group of Bigfoots called the Family. And they're said to have been created by people of the Yokut tribe of this region and are thought to be between 500 and 1,000 years old. Wow. So this, I only really included that because I know it's not in Washington, but related. And it just kind of shows how old the story is, how far back it goes. Uh, um, <laughs> local people are said to have called the largest of the petroglyphs Hairy Man. Um, and 16th century Spanish explorers in this area told tales of um, Los Vigilantes Oscuros or Dark Watchers, which were said to be large creatures who stalked their camps at night. And it could be said that these creatures are or 
are the same as or are at least related to um, the Bigfoots. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that was just kind of some history. Do you guys have any thoughts so far? I mean, I think it sounds like a lot of the urban legends, right? Like, like we don't really have a lot that's super substantial, but there's enough similar stories circulating that it came from something. If you're looking at the evolutionary line, I think there are, we, we have the, you know what this is reminding me of to jump sideways when we did the New Mexico episode and we talked about, um, I've already forgotten the name, even though it was my episode, but the, the large like Fire bird like things. Oh, the Thunderbirds, mm-hmm. but then uh, there was Thunder actually birds, like, yeah. another name, something like that. Like I think that there is a lot undiscovered in this world. We talk a lot about like I don't need to know what's in the ocean, like things like that. It makes complete yeah. sense to me that like in some of the darkest corners of our world that are not really inhabited by humans, like why couldn't there be things that evolved from other species that don't see the light of day and don't interact with the human race? Like that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I could get behind it too. I would say like, I mean, we're continuously finding new fossils and new things Mm -hmm. that are telling us about other dinosaurs or animals or creatures that we just didn't know about before. So I could see like finding something that we just don't already know. Obviously, sorry people, but we just don't know everything. Don't know much of anything, to be honest. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm laughing every time that you say hairy man or wild man though. Because, like, these are nicknames that I have for both my bad puppy and my son. So, well, I don't call my son Hairy Man, but, like, Wild Man. I call them both Wild Man. And I have absolutely called my puppy Hairy Man before. So I'm, like, laughing internally every time you say that. You just didn't know you're living with some Bigfoots. Well, listen, I don't know if you've noticed how big Fergus is getting, but, like, his feet are large. 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 He's a large boy. He's a big boy. But are they? But are they 24 inches long? Well, not yet, but he's only five months. So give him a minute. Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So the name, I told you how, I mean, like the name kind of seems to come from the footprints. It seems to be why the why this creature was assigned this name. But potentially the name um, became popular starting in 1958. Okay. So um, Jerry Crew, who worked for a logging company as a bulldozer operator, um, discovered a set of 16-inch human-like footprints in the mud somewhere in the Six Rivers National Forest, um, which, again, this that, that sighting was California, but really close proximity. Mm-hmm. Jerry um, reported to his coworkers that he had seen this, and it seems that many of them had seen similar tracks on other job sites. So one told of an occasion on a job site when a 450 pound oil drum had been moved randomly without explanation. So I guess like they just came back and this giant oil drum had just been moved, which makes me think that if that was Bigfoot, then he's also quite strong because that's, that's a lot of weight. <laughs> right. Board? Like what a random thing to do. Yeah. Like, right. Like why you moving this oil drum? Yeah. I, yeah, this should be funny. <laughs> exactly. This is great. <laughs> So these men from the logging company began using the name Bigfoot in reference to whatever mysterious culprit was lurking around their job sites. And apparently Jerry originally thought a prank was being played on him. But when he observed more of the massive footprints later, he he contacted the Humboldt Times newspaper, which I'm guessing was a local newspaper, 
and eventually was involved in several articles introducing the name Bigfoot to readers. A plaster cast was made of one of the giant footprints and Jerry was photographed with them on the front page. Um, eventually yeah. from here, I know, right? Claim to fame. <clears throat> Here's me and this large foot. <laughs> eventually from here, the term Bigfoot spread and became widely used. But as a little side note, in 2002, the family, um, a family member of a former coworker of Jerry Crew, um, who the coworker had since died, but the family member claimed that their father had been secretly making the footprints with giant wooden feet. Which again, how bored do you have to be? <laughs> like, what are you, know you doing? What? Maybe Jerry needed a hobby and he thought making large feet and creating urban legends was a good use of his time. Well, he didn't have a cricket. It, it wasn't Jerry, though. It was a, a, one of his coworkers. So like somebody else oh, was playing. Cool. The, so he fully believed it when he went on the front page of the newspaper. And who knows? Yes. I mean, this is two, 2002 from 1958. So who knows what, you know, what came out or what, who was just like, who just decided he was going to say, you know what? My dad actually was lying this whole time. Who knows? Okay. But like, can we just all like be really frank here and admit that this sounds like something that both Kevin and I would do, like really fully commit to an unnecessary prank with no real end goal in sight. And like, just really own that. Like, does that not sound like something Kevin would do? It does. No, and it I absolutely forced- does. Yeah. And I would be forced to be compliant with it. Mm-hmm. This will be the That's one true. episode he listens to and he's going to be insulted. that's what we love about you kevin that's right so we talked a little bit before about some of bigfoot's behaviors uh a few other things that i read about just different behaviors that have been claimed um some say that bigfoot throws rocks as a means of communication or a display of territorialism okay Mm -hmm. that should be nicer right solid choice though at least he's at least he's not throwing axes through people's cars. I mean, I'd rather have a rock come at me personally. Fair. Make a good point. Fair point. Uh, some say that he forcibly and audibly strikes trees or knocks on wood. Um, I don't think like in our second episode, knocks on wood, just like uses it to make noise to scare people or to right. a- attempt communication. Right. Um Bigfoots are also often blamed for broken and twisted foliage in this part of the country. So people will see like messed up trees and be like, oh, Bigfoot's at it again. Um, some have reported large, uh, lodge, sorry, not large. Some have reported lodgepole pines or other small trees being bent, uprooted, or stacked in a weaved or crisscrossed pattern, which if you're stacking trees in a weaved or crisscrossed pattern, you're larger than human, I'm just going to say. If you're Correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. In any kind of pattern. Right. Like, does it need to be a pattern, or can we talk about the fact you can lift a tree? Right. And and we're not talking like nice little neat stacks of wood. We're talking about whole trees. So that's a whole tree. Um, other reports. A whole tree. <laughs> other reports have included deer skeletons being suspended very high <laughs> up in trees, like too high for people to have. Although. I don't know, with a good, like, pulley system, you could probably achieve this, but still just weird. Like, can you imagine just walking through the forest and seeing a deer, a whole deer skeleton just hanging high up in the tree? No, thank you. Yeah, yeah that's just creepy. Like that. I don't, I'm not a fan. And I didn't find, I didn't find, like, why it was related to Bigfoot at all. Just that, I guess maybe it's just one of those things that gets blamed on, like, oh, there's, there's Bigfoot again. 
Um, a team of amateur Bigfoot researchers called the Olympic Project claimed to have found a collection of nests belonging to Bigfoot. Um, they actually had primatologists study what was found, and they deemed that they were created by primates. So could be Bigfoot or just a different type of primate. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Bigfootness. Some, yeah, Bigfootness. Some have reported hearing different vocalizations from Bigfoot. So they've in, these have included howls, screams, moans, grunts, whistles, and even a form of oral language, like actual talking. Um, recordings have been reported as being as being Bigfoot and have been analyzed by professionals such as cri uh, crypto cryptologic linguists, which I didn't know that was a job. Um, Scott Nelson. He analyzed a recording from the early 1970s and reported that, quote, it is definitely a language. It is definitely not human in origin, and it could not have been faked. End quote. Wow. So. Hmm. That could mean a lot of things, but worth noting anyway. I mean, there are invented Sin languages, right? Like for Harry Potter, they actually invented parcel tongue. They had someone invent a language so that there were like dialects and sounds and inflections and stuff like that it's, a, it's again like a full commitment to kind of the hoax but I don't right know that that's true no i mean you're right it could have been we've seen people do some things out of boredom here so particularly Too in the last two years right i meant in this research but you're right <laughs> <laughs> Um, so since many sightings happen at night, some theorize that these creatures have nocturnal tendencies, kind of like we talked about, there was a version before that was told to be nocturnal. Um, it would be strange, though, since Bigfoot is described as an ape human creature, and apparently all species of apes, including humans, are known to be diurnal. So if he is nocturnal, that's odd for what we think to be his species. Hmm. Most most anecdotal sightings describe the creature as being solitary, but there have been a handful of reports of groups together as well. Anthropologists suggest that any large predatory creature could be dangerous to humans, but most encounters describe Bigfoot as running or hiding from people. So there were the occasional like, oh, he might be dangerous or violent or he threw rocks at me, but mostly they were just like busy trying to get away and mind their own business. Um, so... I'm just going to tell you guys about some specific sightings. Hold on. All right. Of the old Bigfoot. Of the old Bigfoot. Uh, apparently, North American settlers started reporting sightings around the late 1800s. There have been tales of occasional footprints, sporadic encounters, and later even some grainy photos or videos. Um, people who claim to have seen him describe everything from the typical over eight foot ape to just... Uh, a really hairy human so we kind of talked about that already and like i said sometimes even between 10 to 15 feet so i love this image of, like it's just this like neanderthal man like from the geico commercials who just like hasn't shaved yeah it's like cousin <laughs> it's just cousin it that's exactly right i'm sorry i haven't <laughs> had my hair done in a while why are you discriminating against the fact that i have strangely large feet <laughs> it's fair <clears throat> Okay, so the earliest specific report that I found was uh, apparently in 1840, Reverend Elkanah Walker, who was a Protestant missionary, recorded stories of giants living among indigenous people near Spokane, Washington. 
These giants seem to be one of the less menacing versions of Bigfoot and were said to live on and around the nearby mountains, stealing salmon from the fishermen's nets. Rude. So kind of menacing, but not violent. Yeah. <laughs> um, President Teddy Roosevelt tells a story of an elderly mountain man named Bowman in his 1893 book, The Wilderness Hunter. Oh, hi, Luno. <laughs> hey, Luno. I've never heard him make that much noise. He wanted to talk. We've on this podcast because like my old dogs, Guinness and Jameson, made an appearance once. Do you remember that? I've got a lot recorded. Yes, Yes, I do remember that. Guinness did a tap dance on the keyboard, if I remember correctly. (laughs) She did. She absolutely did. (laughs) Sorry about Uh, that. That's hilarious. Pardon that interruption. What is that? Okay, so back to Teddy Roosevelt. Um, He wrote the story in his book, The Wilderness Hunter. Um, In the story, a foul-smelling bipedal creature ransacked Bowman's beaver trapping camp, stalked him, and eventually broke his companion's neck in a hostile act. Okay. The end of... The, this story seemed to have ended near the Idaho-Montana border. Not sure, sure if it started in Washington or if it's just relevant to what I was reading because it's a famous Bigfoot story. Um, but I did think that if he was specifically foul-smelling, that this might be the, the cousin skunk ape instead of... The cousin skunk ape. He's away. He did. Yeah, seriously, like polar opposite ends of the country. Mm-hmm. In 1924, in the Mount St. Helens area, an alleged violent encounter between a group of miners and a group of miners, as in uh, people who mine, not as in people who. Yes. No underage drinkers. And a group here. of. Correct. Uh, <laughs> a group of eight men and a group of underage drinkers. It's my favorite when Amanda like holds her side and laughs and no one can tell because she makes no noise. <laughs> uh, anyway, let me try that again. <laughs> a violent encounter between a group of miners and a group of ape men, ape men in quotes, broke out. This is often referred to as the Battle of Ape Canyon and is presented as miners being attacked by large hairy ape men again that threw rocks into their cabin roof onto their cabin roof from a nearby cliff after one of the miners allegedly shot one with a rifle. And here we are again, where I'm like, well, if you're going to shoot at things, mm-hmm. you have to be um, ready for the consequences. You gotta be ready. <laughs> I can't get the image. I have no idea why this is. So, I can't get the image of like dazed and confused where they're all out in the field, like underage drinking or whatever. And then they're just like a battle with a giant skunk apes. I like it. I'm here for that. Like these grungy kids. Sorry. Okay, not that kind of minor. Looks anyway. like I'm almost out of beer. <laughs> we have a screening. Anyway, cousin's screening because this is now like two times in the span of four episodes or something that we've made dazed and confused references. So I feel as though we should have a screening. I'm for it. I'm. All for it, yes. <laughs> Cousin Knight, write that down. We always watch Dazed and Confused. Well, Terrence always watches it on the last day of the school year, every year. <laughs> I just and often that. he doesn't... He, 
Yeah, he often doesn't need to go back to work the next day, though, and I've still got to go back for another day to get paperwork done. And so I'm always like, this is fun, but I would have enjoyed this more tomorrow, even. <laughs> yes, we're going to watch this um, the day after the day of the last day of school. Yeah, I know it doesn't quite work the same way, so it's better his way. But I'm always like, man, I really wish I didn't have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, fair. Although I usually wish I didn't have to go to work tomorrow, so. Don't we all? Anyway, I'll go back to the stories. <laughs> probably the most famous Bigfoot video um, that's out there is a short film known as Patterson Gimlin film um, this was filmed in 1967 and Roger Patterson and I believe Bob Gimlin as well Roger, Roger Patterson was from Washington and I think that Bob Gimlin was as well but the film was actually recorded in Bluff Creek they were just they just happened to be from Washington. But the video shows a large and hairy bipedal ape striding through a clearing. That's what it was described as. Wait, can I ask um, a question? Was that yeah. part of the movie or like they captured something that later they found on film? No, I think that the short film was like what they made for like they they just happened to catch this. Got I it. think that's what I understood anyway. Yeah, they described it as a short film. So I don't know if something was put together afterwards. And like, they just happen to get this recording, but they call it the Patterson Gimlin film, I think, because it's the most famous yeah, Bigfoot okay. video. Okay. It's a piece of evidence uh, is what you're saying. Right. Like, okay. I think maybe in some people's minds, the most convincing because a lot of people like to see things. Um, yeah, of course. But it could, you know, like anything else, it's not completely like for sure, but it's just kind of like, I think one of the more well-known artifacts when it comes to Bigfoot. Although I yeah, hadn't I heard of so. it before this research. So. It's the same mm -hmm. as like the Loch Ness monster. Like there's like, <clears throat> I don't know, five or seven images and they all have names yeah. depending on who took it. And right. some are determined to be more likely to be authentic. I mean, that makes sense to me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the 1990s, a 911 audio recording was made public in which an, a homeowner in Kitsap County, Washington called and asked for help with a large subject being quote, all in black and having entered his backyard. He reported that I don't like this. I'm going to say it, but we can maybe cut it out. <laughs> he reported that his dog was killed recently when it was thrown over his fence. So hmm. I just don't, I couldn't even really like this was reported as a Bigfoot sighting, but it just seemed like it was a really large person or something in this backyard and i i don't know if this homeowner just was like oh this was a bigfoot because it threw my dog over the fence or i don't know how that connection it was like kind of vague so but it it's considered um as a sighting so i included it um so bigfoot researcher and filmmaker todd standing is one who describes bigfoot as having a human-like face and claims to have taken high-definition recordings of his face, but none of these have been scientifically verified. Mm. In January of 2020, the Washington State Department of Transportation apparently captured photos of a Bigfoot on its Sherman Pass on State Route 20 on a State Route 20 webcam. Later, officials uh, reported having video of the legend in a completely different location. But a video was shared that appears to show a Bigfoot walking along a, the wildlife overcrossing on Interstate 90. So this was as recent as January 2020. Just hanging out. 
Yeah, by the highway. An anonymous Washington state trooper and former Special Forces soldier of the Army reports to have been feeding Sasquatch-like creatures in the forest. He says that he discovered they have their own distinct language, because why wouldn't they? Mm -hmm. They are six to seven feet tall and weigh about 500 pounds, so he's just been feeding them. I mean, some okay. people feed birds, cool. and some people feed deer or ducks, and other people feed Sasquatch. Yeah, they you know. Eat. They gotta eat. I don't know what he was feeding them. Didn't give didn't give that detail. I can only imagine um, bread, breadcrumbs. I shouldn't. Say. Yeah, likely. <laughs> Michael Rugg, who is owner of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum in Northern California, claims to have smelled B- Bigfoot, mm-hmm. stating, Bigfoot. Imagine, a skunk. <laughs> imagine a skunk that had rolled around in dead animals and had hung around in garbage pits. Again, it sounds like he might have run into a rogue skunk babe instead. That was my first oh. smell. Maybe they're just all not pleasant smelling. I don't know. <laughs> But is there an observatory? Um, yeah. No. Well, yeah, in the Bigfoot Discovery Museum. Okay, all right, fair. You did say that. <laughs> Maybe Michael Rugg and Dave are friends and they just keep in contact across Gosh, the country. I hope so, because I like that's a message board I want to creep on. Seriously. No joke. So some stories have been told of Bigfoot taking intentional gifts left by humans, such as jewelry or food, and leaving rocks or twigs in their place. So there's just been, like, random stories of that happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's my sapphire <laughs> ring, and let me have that twig. Yeah. I'll give you a sandwich if you give me a rock. <laughs> <laughs> So there are groups who regularly search the woods in the Northwest for proof of Bigfoot. And there are apparently entire organizations dedicated to the documentation of Bigfoot and the mission to prove his existence. Again, made me think about Dave in Florida and his Mm -hmm. skunk apes. Um, That's a lot of dedication to this specific cause. Truly. Most most mainstream scientists Mm -hmm. have historically discounted the existence of Bigfoot, considering it to be the result of a combination of folklore, misidentification, and hoax, rather than a living animal. But in at least one sense, there is a stealthy Bigfoot that does actually exist without a doubt, um, because the Western Air Defense Sector of the Washington Air National Guard adopted Bigfoot as their mascot. So this sector operates a 24-7, operates 24-7 and is rarely seen or heard, but observed but observes and stands by in case it is needed to serve as a messenger of warning. So they decided to call themselves Bigfoot and have that as a mascot. So there's one concrete example. It's not, it's not the most offensive mascot out there. So no, definitely not. That's all I got for you on Bigfoot. I do have a picture at the end of my notes, but I'll just send that to Amanda later. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, our barometer. So are we going to Washington or we're not going to Washington? Oh, we're going to Washington. Well, y'all have already been and I'm still going. So (laughs) yeah, we'll go. We'll go to the observatory, the museum. Yeah. We got to go find out if Michael and Dave are friends. That in itself is worth the road trip. Thanks for listening to Salt Salt Over Your Shoulder, a Redwater production. 
We appreciate your support. Your download allowed our crazy idea to gain steam and make it into your podcast directories. We couldn't do this without you. If you'd like to continue your support, you can engage with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at SaltThePod, or follow us on Facebook at Salt Over Your Shoulder. You can also email us at saltoveryourshoulder at gmail.com. Special thanks to the one and only Andrew York for our awesome graphic. If you'd like to continue your support, please consider giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast directory. This helps other people find us as well. You can also become one of our Patreons at Patreon. <laughs> you can also become one of our patrons on patreon.com. Wow. If you'd like to continue your support, please consider giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast directory. This helps other people find us as well. You can also become one of our patrons on, at patreon.com slash salt the pod. See you next time. time.